0: to Welcome to Radio Free Demos, an ex fan podcast broadcasting from a post Demos orbit on Object 17, Voltaire Station. With me this week is Ashtar, Wines, YT, a large number of dogs, and I'm Corbeau. This week is Radio Free Deimos episode 59, Progenitus Town. Before we get started, I'd like to ask my co hosts a little question uh, What
1: have you done for your corporation lately? Well, on my part, I- I- Isway Station, of course, is an ag station that raises beef and a ag station with a lot of animals is a very smelly place where are we going with this and the women that run the air conditioning and filtration systems sometimes it's very important to let them know what a good job they're doing and how you can hardly smell the beef parts. <laughs> where are
0: we and going sometimes you're
1: supposed to acknowledge no this is really horrible no one could reasonably expect be expected to do the job that you do the important thing is knowing which one they want on a given day oh And I got it right three days running.
0: Oh, that's that's really good. That is that's a hard thing in a matriarchy. It's what's that? It's the most important (laughs) thing. (laughs) This week, I set a bad example uh, as a chronic underachiever. Uh, I believe that Pulse will respect that. It'll give other
2: Pulse citizens something to work against. Then just like you, I might have gotten you one beat. I did absolutely nothing for my corporations. No, but the last week and a half, I got to sit around and vegetate and enjoy my own time under the sun. Oh. Well, the artificial sun, but you know. Very, hey, at least you're still paying your utility bills and your rent. That's very, I am. That's, that's a, news to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a very lizard thing to do, sir. As as far as your corporation is concerned, you are.
2: Ah, good. I forgot I had added auto pay without consent. But yes.
3: <laughs> auto pay without consent. <laughs> We call that theft.
1: If you pay extra, you can add consent.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: but that was a, that was a subscription service. I didn't really want to add. It costs like four ninety nine extra. <laughs> day.
1: This is a logical paradox. If you choose not to pay for consent. Are you consenting? No, we're, we're legally required to add the consent fee.
2: <laughs> Wait, no! I <laughs> tried bundling it into the service fee, but that didn't work quite as well. People were concerned when their service fee increased it from ten to fourteen. It's like Orwellian consent. <laughs> the only true
1: consent is non-consent. Where do, do we, we get, consent? Where do we get our inspiration?
0: Ashtar. <laughs> Boy, how can
2: anything that big hide for so long a time? Yeah. I wonder
0: what their next move will be. Did I mention the new module last week? Uh, uh, I guess not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's a chorus of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> In recent news from HSD, there's a new contract. It's Hope. Hope is a sort of teen drama, a little bit the New Mutants style, I think, where a number of precocious young teenagers and semi-teens are ejected into space to work on a space camp sort of mission. The horror,
3: The carnage!
0: No, that's later. And you are lucky enough to be their teachers. We actually played through a big chunk of right. this. Yeah, that it was really, really plagued with technical difficulties on every possible end. But it was a fun little campaign, and I really liked the social angle in particular. I think that's going to be out next month. Uh, Seven, I talked about it either next week or last week or soon, depending on how you view time and space. I love Transcendent Technology podcasting equipment.
2: I'm from last week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad we could get together tomorrow today. <laughs>
2: So that's the thing. Is it be all we have in then? <laughs> <laughs> this is when we wish languages or more languages had a locative t- case. So we could say, in the time of the current time. Mm-hmm. We never get into stun linguistics. I'm so glad we're there now.
1: We've received messages from their spaceships. For a while, it came in as just a lot of jumbled noise.
0: So this week's topic is uh, life in a progenitus town. And I think uh, first thing we need to do is take a good look at Progenitus because it's really impressive from a distance, more so than any other corp. They build up, they build central, they build like cathedrals, and you are really meant to appreciate uh, the wide view of a Progenitus town. Uh, the entire thing is tricked out in gleaming golden white and sweeps inwards like a massive uh, space church. Everything kind of focuses on the central tower, the image, the corporation presence at the heart of the town. And it's very pretty. A lot of corporations would say that Progenitus wastes an awful lot of space, which they do, on um, public works, parks, and, of course, those remarkable gables. Is that the word? What is it? Flying buttresses. Buttresses. They actually do fly, too. That's beautiful. That's cool. <laughs> right. The ho- hovering buttresses. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's got it's got a very commanding presence that's Progenitus. And that's uh, unusual among the other corporations. I mean, ASR has those nice video displays, but that's... Uh, anyone can have video displays yeah pretend really goes out of its way to advertise its presence inside of its town in a big big way right
1: whereas a million a million tons of marble imported from a nearby planet that makes an impression
0: as opposed to printed on site right right so getting away from the gleaming heart of the town i'm not entirely certain what you'd expect to see the books really haven't gone to like deep detail on what three blocks off Broadway looks like in a Prudentis Corp Town. I imagine that you kind of spread away from the government corp part, and you get into kind of mixed-use development, uh-huh. uh, that sort of thing. Little unaffiliated corps, the various sister corps. Prudentis spends an awful lot of effort supporting its corp citizens and marketing their products. It's where they get a lot of their revenue, and also a lot of where their
2: energy goes. So. You know, uh, the way I've been imagining it, I'm feeling it's a lot like Florence, where there are these huge public works that look gorgeous, but as soon as you start getting away from them, it just ends up being nicely maintained, because it is still a tourist area. Just a set of buildings for people to live in. Everything looks very pretty, clean cut, but it's just there, buildings, for people
0: to live. I think that's, that's pretty reasonable. I don't know if we have the kind of the megacorp, the megacorp, megastructure, architecture as much in Progenitus, because they have... Um, this central sweeping architecture. But I think one, one thing that the book specifically calls out is that there's kind of a dividing line between haves and have-nots that doesn't get mentioned in other write-ups. Uh, there's there's like a description of an undercity in Progenitus land that doesn't get a write-up elsewhere possibly because of the extreme contrast Mm i mean you get the gleaming white and gold up here and then kind of everybody that just can't make the progenitus cut down here down below so i think that as you get further out from the heart you get into stranger territory like this is this is my in my kind of headcanon right now but i think you might end up in a kind of kind of slightly grotto-like territory where um people that are completely off of progenitus's payroll and therefore really edging into off the grid live and mostly draw from the um benevolence of their friends and family that sort of thing the periphery of progenitor's town is not quite as shiny as the heart i want to go back though and say that it's
1: it's an amazing town uh visually philosophically they're very group oriented society oriented and so i assume a higher investment in social responsibility might make for even if it's not all gleaming and high tech a high level of civic involvement from the citizens in doing their part to maintain their individual parts of it. Right. I think it almost gets a little bit pulsy in terms of the amount
0: of like push to be the best you can be. Uh And they are generous,
3: but they're generous to people that have given to the corporate already Uh in many ways. It's also kind of an inverse of the pulse philosophy. It's, it's not the individual being the best they can be. It's being the best cog in society or cell and the greater organism that mm-hmm. you can be being the best pulling as a pulling as part of the team and the system that makes society work that makes right. society healthy the individual is not the focus of that particular philosophy
0: marsco in particular is is known for its safety net because you are always useful as a the ledger cycle <laughs> worth more alive than dead and worth more content than restless they're going to aim for your basic subsidence level of happiness or of whatever passes for that. I don't think you get that necessarily in Progenitus because they, they seem to strongly believe that
3: corp helps those who help themselves sort of thing. If you give you get. I subtly disagree. Oh. In that I think you kind of following the right roads, but not quite the right destination. Progenitus prides itself in a sense on being the good of the organism, the good of the society, the good of the whole. You can't go out and be the shiny beacon of a healthy society if you have a bunch of haggard beggars on the streets, as it were. Progenitus isn't necessarily as interested in the individual beggars and the individual people who are in unfortunate situations or what have you, but they're very interested in making sure that they are not necessarily staying in said unfortunate situations, by choice or not.
0: Is this crazy onto the staircase or uh, people
3: being bust out of town? I think it's a bit... A personal. It's it's not progenitus bureaucracy is not necessarily interested in the health of the individual or even to a point of where the individual is going. It's reintegrating them into a useful and helpful member of society. And whether that is by choice, because they choose to do the right thing, by offering the gains of gainful employment and useful life and letting them see the light, or by basically corporate brainwashing to get a convert uh, none of these progenitors is above as long as the end result is a healthy environment the health or the cutting away of the disease portion of the organism as long as it leads to a more healthy society all's good
0: well but explicitly in the books there is kind of this this have not branch of progenitus life that isn't that isn't called out in the other other corp town descriptions
3: absolutely um I mean, you're talking about a fairly massive bureaucratic administrative overhead. This is definitely the health of the organism for maybe not the few, but not the everybody. If, if you're looking like everybody is equal, everybody gets the same, and you get ahead based off based off your skills, you're looking at Marsco. Much more generic. What's the word? It starts with an E. Get ahead based off your skills. Expertise? But yes. Yeah. Um, much more egalitarian type society. And that's not really progenitus.
2: But
0: going back to kind of sound and silence, the suggestion is that it's not, it's not maybe crazy busy, but it's a, it's a challenging life. Let's not say difficult, but challenging living in progenitus land and kind of keeping up with progenitus' expectations of yourself. And it's not one that everybody can handle. And that, that way kind of echoes pulse that it is easy to kind of not be able to stay on the treadmill like your neighbors.
3: Sorry, totally go off on the tangent there, but that was what I was going to say. So uh, for those of you who wanted a definition of
2: egalitarian, because it's not a word commonly used in conversation, it is uh, a relating or believing that, uh, in the principle that all people are equal and deserve equal rights and opportunities. Sure. This does not say anything about whether or not they will always get them. This is a, Mm -hmm. if you work for it, you will have them. And some animals are more equal than others not a farm.
3: This is progenitus. Mm-mm. It's a religion, not a farm. Mm. You have to go one layer deeper. Ah. <laughs> right. What's one layer below that? Don't it's a corporation.
1: <laughs>
3: Corporations from there on down. You're right. It, it does call out in a couple of different places, but I believe one of the places that it specifically really illustrates that is when they talk about the uh, savior ships or the ships that go into hotspots and other troubled areas and basically provide a relief for other megacorp citizens and bring them into Pulse. A lot of the people that they're picking up through that go into kind of an initiation within Progenitus, and... I believe it was mentioned somewhere that the people that come out of that are not necessarily high on the progenitus social scale, but they are some of the most devout believers of the progenitus creed, as it were. And they generally are not particularly wealthy, rich or living comfortably, but they sure believe in the system.
0: Right. The question of like what does it mean to be rich in progenitus is kind of its own open-ended discussion. Progenitus does not give large
2: cash rewards generally. The meaning uh, thing to say, I guess not the meaning the more realistic is the wealth you have in progenitus is the amount of sunk cost you put into it that you're hoping to get back at some point. You could say that. It's <laughs> <That's> dark. <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, uh, that's the, as you're saying, like the people who... Uh, the kind of the brainwashing. It's very cult-like and cult-like is a lot of sunk cost fallacy, where the more you put into it, the more you believe that you will get something out of it because you've put everything into it and therefore just walking away is not—is no longer an option. So you have to believe more and therefore put more into it. That is sunk cost fallacy in a nutshell. Well, no, you're, I, I agree with you. I think that is a very dark reading. Um,
0: <laughs> the, the more surface reading is simply that Progenitus rewards good corporate values and good corporate living and good corporate investment with a good return. That tends to take more the form of lifestyle perks of better, better living arrangements, better uh, luxuries, uh, better privacy, uh, more servants. Progenitus has an awful lot of living servants, more so than any other corporately, because they put people to work and those people are frequently put to work working for other corp members but very little of this takes the form of the kind of cash you can use to go crazy Broadway style or run off to go join another corp. <laughs> mm. And also I think that might be a damper on philanthropy and and kind of giving because it's easier to make a donation to someone's charity of choice or to give $5 to your down and out cousin when you have physically $5 or 5 creds or something along those lines whereas when you just have a really good living chip Living chip. What is there's a term for it in, in the game and I forgot what it is. Living wage. Well, no, it's it's the lifestyle, lifestyle.
3: Lifestyle. Lifestyle chip. Lifestyle tag,
0: maybe. Someone look in the book. If only we had a core rule book right here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, if only I could figure out what page it might be on.
1: Right. Because your your gazelle oh, character hey. had, had that.
3: Yeah. I mean, Sti- it's,
1: stipend. It's like a stipend. It's it's full money. I
0: wonder so how much of this will here. cut and how much of this will leave
3: in. I think we're I think you're thinking of one point oh. In two point it's rent. No, one point it's rent. Two point rent. But there's like a lifestyle. There's a, okay.
1: Yeah, there's a thing that entitles you to a, a certain amount of being treated as a VIP in a certain.
3: Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Lifestyle tag. I, lifestyle I, tag. I okay. use that word. I used that very word. I just didn't remember it properly.
0: It equips in your ear slot. Really? Oh, that's cute. <laughs> it's like it's, okay, the dogs have found a squeaky toy in the vastness of space. Um, yeah. So progenitus doesn't tend to give material, physical rewards in a cash form so much as giving you a really nice lifestyle tag. I mean, there's going to be some money back in your pockets, but by and large, you're
3: given privilege. Society rewards, as you said, privilege being um, better seats at the entertainment venues, uh, closer standing during the different rituals and what have you, uh, closer seating at the corporate board meetings. But that lack of liquid
0: uh, takes away from a lot of your options, um, particularly in terms of pushing that money elsewhere.
3: And that's a very effective high level organizational style. When you give all of your rivals white elephants, uh, they have to spend a lot of money keeping those things up.
0: Another thing that's kind of called out in the book is that Progenitus is very pro its own corporations and citizens and things like that probably the closer you are to the spire the more you're going to see representations of the good people of Town and what they can do and what they can do for you so they probably invest heavily in their local artisans and feature their products um, a fine selection of local cheeses that sort of thing as a statement of mission but the further out i imagine you go the more kind of you'll get other corporation enclaves that sort of thing
3: Closer to the spire is a reward all in in and of itself.
0: Yes, you get better lighting for one. (laughs) (laughs) And the Wi-Fi really improved. (laughs) That thing's a great antenna. Uh, Communal living, that's also kind of an important aspect of progenitus life. I get the impression that the lower rungs, uh, it's more like being in kind of a hostile, not hostile, but hostile situation. Mm -hmm. Hostile, Uh, but
3: also barracks, monks, seasonal workers, a lot of different types of communal living come in. And a lot of them also have parallels to kind of the social class that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I think that we're going to at a PC level, you're going to be probably at least have your own some degree of private space. I think the way it tends to work is that like sleeping areas... And like your study in office, things like that tend to be more private. But the TV room, uh, frequently the dining room, that sort of shared space, they emphasize shared space in a lot of places when they can. Uh, right back to college dormitory time. Yeah, very much that uh, co-op living. Uh, and again, the more the more ranks you have in progenitus elite, uh, the more of your own space you have. But then you tend to get situations where they'll be sending in employees that you really can't quite get rid of. There's always a certain sense of being watched in Progenitus, not necessarily in a bad way, but you're always part of the community and the community is always watching you
1: either covertly or overtly.
3: <laughs> but, you don't need any secrets if you have nothing to
1: hide. Well, absolutely. Yeah, that's <laughs> quite true. And, and one might, for kind of monastic reasons, choose to live in more humble settings, in, in more integrated settings.
0: Or um, I can imagine the prog court member on board your tiny cramped ship saying, oh yeah, no, this is just like home and really, really bothering the rest of the uh, cramped people. <laughs> like the
1: pulse guys. No, I hate this. This. Oh, we, we can fit four bunks in this broom closet. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> and the tiny dog under the floorboards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's probably more, more more emphasis on missions, more corporate slogans, more corporate branding. When you're in progenitist land, you're very much in progenitist land.
3: Well, it also calls out that When you're in progenitus land, you don't often leave progenitus land. So much of a progenitus lifestyle centers around being in and being seen in progenitus that progenitus is not a very popular megacorp for a lot of PCs, at least not your run-of-the-mill progenitus. Whereas you could get a technician or a scientist or more of a tech-type person from some of the other megacorps, you don't generally get those people in progenitus leaving. You're going to get... Maybe some of the specialists there are out doing the different missions or some of the different strike teams or some of the more, I hate to say sparkly characters, but some of the more unusual characters are going to be the only ones that really realistically leave Progenitus.
0: Well, I was about to say that that would make it kind of a static place to live. But I think that specifically in the books, it says that one of the quote, nice unquote things about Progenitus Land is that there's a fair amount of under the surface conflict uh, in terms of... um, well, the kind of the Big Brother ness of the corporation that can give you some some good conflict without actually leaving the corp town. The lights are light, the darks are dark, and the dark is a really good place to
3: have adventures. Or if you're interested in
0: Don't uh, argue very with me, I
3: was canon, <laughs> intricate intrigue, high level uh, diplomacy and negotiations, and that type of like in a medieval game would be more of a courtly type setting. Progenitus could be a very good hotbed for that. It has a lot of that same yeah, for um, running, setting for running intrigue
2: based uh, operations. It could also be very interesting considering uh, as there is not a lot of privacy, your characters will have to be, you could potentially play up something where you do not have privacy. Best of luck. You must plan around the fact that you no longer have privacy here to get your way, work your way out. And in my own personal
0: life, I've never seen politics more bloody than non-profit politics. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> true. Pr- oh, God. Particularly churches. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you get into, like, mission world, you deal with people that are making holy crusades out of where the copier is located. Uh, should we talk about subsidiaries now? We're talking about uh, subsidiaries. Progenitus. Subsidiaries
2: of Progenitus.
0: Has one of the very rare named subsidiaries. You don't get a lot of those outside of Marsco just because that's... Marsco's thing is spinoffs. But a progenitus subsidiary formed a major plot element in Fate's Fangs. And so it's worth calling it out here because it did. And I think it shows a certain type of progenitus subsidiary. The way a lot of corporations, megacorps, user subsidiaries, is plausible deniability. Progenitus is best known for kind of its public works, but they are a medical corporation. They do a lot of research on the side, and some of that is not necessarily ethical. So Revitalon... It's no ethical. It's just not your ethics. Oh, you know, I had this argument like, <laughs> last week with the game author and and it went in circles then, too. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to determine who's been naughty and nice when you're in a morally relativistic society
2: based entirely on corporate values? It's, everyone's naughty and everyone's nice. Yes. Bonk. You're nice if you're making me money. You're naughty if you're not. OK, that's that's probably fair.
0: You know, I thought... i And don't,
3: very straightforward. <laughs>
0: I thought that naughty was pretty much whether or not you made your parents frustrated this year. Um, but no, it's more complicated than that. Oh, joy, anyway, then I'm on the ban list. Okay. <laughs> really. Anyway, neither here nor there. So is a medical research technology, engaged in some very, very shady stuff, and that's one of the main plot engines of Fate Fangs. Uh, and that's one of the sorts of subsidiary corporations you might get in Progenitus, or really anywhere, a third party to blame research on in case you get
3: caught. But everybody's doing it. That's fine. And it's not even unless you get caught to a certain extent one of the core concepts of progenitus is that the ends do justify the means. If you have to amputate a section of the organism of society to be a healthier society, you don't weep over the excised bit. It, It was, quote unquote, bad, evil. It was not contributing. And now it's gone. Society is healthier as a whole. That springs from the root of the medical corporation and the surgical or the triage type viewpoint that they started with. But it's very core to the corporation now. If you want to see a corporation that will make some utterly ruthless decisions on the field very quickly and without any sign of regret, Progenitus will get the job done. Hopefully everyone lives. Maybe not in their normal state of being entirely intact, but everyone will live. Well, hopefully, but that's not part of the uh, mission criteria, as it were. You know, I reread Willow's
0: story in the uh color text of Sound and Silence. I, I just kinda glossed over the first time. She she feeds her body into like the hopper to not to heal somebody, but it looks like she helps print the body out of someone so they can leave a corpse and take a TTI mark with them instead. Yes.
3: That that is exactly it. She feeds her biomass into a 3D printer to create a decoy so that they can get the TTI target out without TTI being any wiser.
0: Yeah, five five five, five units in, five units out, mm-hmm. one fewer deer.
3: And still greatly enjoys her pizza the next day.
0: <laughs> Same pizza. Well, I guess we could move on from there to talk about character archetypes then, because that's kind of where we've gone. That pivoted hey. right into it. Uh, so some fairly typical people, I mean, I think the archetypical progenitus archetype oh my god that that sentence (laughs) sentence (laughs) just is dead (laughs) in the water uh is the the more military mode the crusader the armored character that's that's just kind of given gleaming gleaming penance gold trim and uh, the armored marine in space right that is the poster child copyright warning (laughs) (laughs) at least for not forty thousand years in the future And while the poster child of the crusade is definitely the armored crusader, uh, I think that the support staff deserves a mention as well, because there's a lot of logistics that go into moving these units around, okay. tracking them, determining where they are, and most importantly, making sure they look good, which is something you don't necessarily get in modern military maneuvers. I mean, you do to a degree, but not as like a major industry thing. Ace pilot and marketing specialist. <laughs> yes.
1: OK, make sure those contrails cross just perfectly. <laughs> Flying her way into
2: your heart. Add a swoosh. (laughs) Our next investors want to see a peak performance out of this next trade. Make sure that you are spot on with every maneuver. So it is, I think, equally important
0: that you be a successful, quote, military, unquote, or paramilitary or whatever crusader as that you look the part and play the part. Both are both important aspects.
3: A good military group needs a face. Although it is worth mentioning that Progenitus places a very heavy emphasis on defense, not offense. If you're looking to play the Progenitus Marine, you're probably going to be looking more towards the defensive tank or the paladin type archetype, not necessarily the offensive fighter.
0: Well, I think forcing a wedge to get in is a thing that is done, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, by and large, they're not on the attack. They're relief organizations. They don't they don't go to war except for one.
3: Specific uh, exception, having TCI. Yeah, certainly not a hard and fast rule. But if we're talking thematically, you're more likely to be playing to a theme if you're going that route.
0: Well, I mean, we can take a step back and return to a three episode series we had on this. There aren't public military maneuvers, period, in HSD. Uh, there are hot zones, which are corporate steam vents. And then there's off-camera... Large-scale struggles like the entire surface of Io, sort of thing. It's an open question what happens in those kind of off-camera sites. We don't know, and maybe Genesis is just as active there as anyone else is. No one has a military presence really in Seoul, at least on camera. Mm. I'm going to disagree with you, he says.
3: <laughs> I, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, there's no large standing army, but IRPF, of course, maintains a fairly large paramilitary, militia-style oh. presence. Oh, come on. They're mall cops. weren't everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they are, but they're mall cops with really, really shiny military-grade equipment. Okay. <laughs> um, Progenitus is probably going to be second in line of standing troops at any given time. Oh, agreed. But it's... Like I said, it's the shield, it's the wall, it's the defenders of society, the white blood cells of the organism, if you will. Not necessarily, it can contrast that to TTI, which is probably going to have more of the corporate raider type. They're the ones that are going into hot zones and much weirder places, much more aggressively. (laughs) They don't go into hot zones, they go into weird zones.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> this hot sprouted whiskers and tail nettles. and is trying to eat you well i think the the true military side of hsd has not been explored in the products meaningfully it's it's mentioned shadow wars i think it's called uh we haven't really gone there yet in terms of like large product mentions although with the war on the ruby spire we may be edging there in in main canon at this point
3: point. and at the current point in time in hsd there's not a lot of large conflict, large-scale conflict going on. Mm-hmm. At TTI and Progenitus are always kind of having their little tiffs. There's a bunch of other background stuff, but it's nothing that is shifting the power of the megacorps in a warfare style. And as you said, we're probably shifting focus as the books are continuing right now.
0: So it sounds like generally Progenitus' presence is mostly felt on Hot Zone-type situations, which gives the pot zone economy, I guess, mm-hmm. the ability to be larger, fiercer, more more bloody, more dangerous because there's such a strong safety net for it. And that's kind of emphasized in early in Sound and Silence where they say that
3: progenitus is kind of the bright, shiny thing so that the other corporations can have a the pressure release valve for all of your unfortunates that don't fit in. That Does this make progenitus warmongers in a way No, I don't Pots think it's going there at all. Well, <laughs> on the surface, no. But under the surface, more hot zones is definitely profitable for the company.
2: Yeah, and Mm. it makes them look better, too. Uh It lets them sell medical supplies. It lets them sell security forces. You you can't can't
3: be a successful pharmaceutical company if there's no diseases to cure. You can't be a successful pharmaceutical company if there's no one who needs painkillers. Tygon, I just want to say I tried to steer it away from
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that is so not where I was going. (laughs) (laughs) Progenitus's main military type action, I think, is uh, relieving. I'm so sorry, is uh, is 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 providing a a safety net in the hot zone economy, a way to pull people out that are uh, stressed out behind barricades, et cetera. Also, likely they're there to relieve people that are vulnerable to uh, more exploitative subsidiary uh, mini corporation type things we we know that soul discourages the abuse of uh, corporate citizens and progenitus may provide one of the ways for that um
3: to be enforced yeah thank
0: you i lost the end of that sentence
3: treat your citizens too badly and they'll run off to the uh, golden sky city of progenitus yeah
0: i think early on uh, I would have said that Celebrity Philanthropist is a really good role for Regenetist. I don't feel like it is now, having read more into it. I think a person who does good works, yes, but simply like rich donor, no. I don't think that would work very well. Uh, that's more Marsco, I think.
3: Yeah, um, Regenetist doesn't really have the feel of a giving or a gifting corporation. It's a doing corporation. <laughs> it's a doing, it's a supporting, it's a team pulls together type corporation but there's a certain awareness of the individual or recognition of the individual in the giving of a gift in the in a serial philanthropist as you were that doesn't necessarily fit with the mindset of progenitus i think this kind of goes
0: back to our campaign the idea of a uh, progenitus journalist character seems like it'd be a really strong one because i mean they have a Deep history of whistleblowing, and that could easily continue today. That'd be kind of a fun character—someone who's there to make sure that the uh, secrets are exposed. More spyglass,
3: but it's where their roots are. Well, they also have the the very core concept of the pilgrimage. You leave Progenitus so you can experience the rest of the world, and therefore you come <laughs> back and you enjoy being in Progenitus much more because it's safe and it's stable and it's predictable. I was actually about to ask if, uh, because I'll admit my knowledge of Progenitus is a bit
2: lacking. If they had something like that, because it seems like the kind of corporation that would encourage kind of uh, self-discovery to see how shit the world is. So you can come back, be here, be more knowledgeable and then carry on as a more stout follower of their beliefs. I'd say yes and no
0: on that one, because it's like what we say here. They um, they tend to have enclaves. That's that's a thing that pretenders tends to do when you are out and about another in another corp town. It is likely you'll be encouraged to stay close to or in orbit around Progenitus ghetto is not the right word but enclaves uh, to stay to stay in the local pockets of Progenitus because they they monitor now that doesn't necessarily apply to P- nothing really applies to PCs necessarily that's not what PCs are but it's kind of part of their texture
3: Progenitus citizens occasionally have issues figuring out just how to provide for themselves on other corp towns when I, it's not just given to you by the corp I could believe that
0: <laughs> where's the buffet <laughs> Uh, medical researchers. I think the, the like modern Regenitus has lost a lot of its kind of medical edge in terms of its corporate image, but it's still there. Uh, in first ed, they were one of the only, I think they were the only corp that had medic medicine as a skill. Um, and that's still, still a part of them, but it's kind of fallen backwards behind the crusade in terms of like what you see on TV. I guess TTI gets all the really disturbing medical characters now.
3: I mean, everyone pays attention to the mad scientists. You, you don't, it look at the lab guy that's just going to work and breeding bacterium every day.
0: In terms of character types that are kind of called out in sound and silence, we have a, a very strong military vibe there. Uh, beginning with the field saviors, uh, which Willow is one of the signature examples. These are fast moving combat medics and field operatives. Uh, they tend to put laterals in this role more than... Any other corporation would, because laterals are very fast and have a low profile for bullet hail. That's good. It's nice. To, there's work for them too, because they sometimes have trouble there.
3: And if you blow off one of their legs, they they still get around pretty well. Yeah, they got three.
0: You know, another kind of group of characters in progenitus crusade is the donjon this is really a defensive version of a strike force they dive in literally sometimes diving in uh into a conflict or hot zone set up a safety zone barricade the people are protecting inwards and then set out little raiding parties to retrieve people and bring them back into the uh, what do you call it like pore inside of a one-celled organism vacuole 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 If you
3: have enough armor, you don't need parachutes.
0: Yeah. Uh, One of the nice things about being a donjon is they're really welcomed by both civilians and combatants because the combatants don't particularly want to hurt civvies and the civvies don't particularly want to be hurt. So you look good on camera. You rescue a lot of people. It's a really nice role for like a beginner PC sort of thing. And
3: if you accidentally have a few bullets that go their way, they probably won't shoot back. That's true.
0: All sights. Oh, this reminds me of Clouse's book, where you have the um, the combat computer guy. Oh, the battle controller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Strategic battle controller. I Something forget like the, that. Yeah. So th- there was a, a fun. We've mentioned them a few times. A, a fun military science fiction series by an author named Kloos, uh Points of Engagement. I think it's called. It's very kind of military procedural, space grunts sort uh-huh. of thing. Good, good, good book. Good near fantasy, near sci-fi thing rather near Earth sci-fi. And recently I brought it up in channel because someone was saying, well, I need to model for um, what HSD might look like out of the Terran system. And I said, well, this is really good because it's basically carrying Terran grudges out into space. Anyway, the main character there is a we just had this sentence, a combat tactician. Yeah. He spends more time with his laptop calling in airstrikes against very, very large antagonists. But the uh, the all site is a role kind of like that. They keep an eye on the battlefield. Kind of determining who lives and who dies, pointing out crowds of innocents that need protection, uh, pointing out baddies that might be on the move and really determining how Progenitus is going to get involved in a sort of granular front lines way. Not only military, but also they make a lot of very fast paced financial decisions to shovel corporate assets towards the enemy.
3: You got to be quick on your feet to stay at the head of the betting scene.
0: Yeah, yeah. Combat investment. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if we can finally use that economics plus firearms technique. Uh, Outside of the battlefield, though, the uh, all sites tend to be kind of like public decency patrol, which uh, you could easily fall on the wrong side of that as a PC. Very easily. Well, and not just for like random acts of indecency, but (laughs) Uh, mercy crews. These are uh, small teams that are mostly going to grottos, to um, hot zones, deep urban blights to pull people out. They are the ones that send the like once a year trip to. longbow to make sure that nobody wants to escape longbow or people are not necessarily allowed to escape longbow. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's an extreme like mercy commission, uh, go to longbow and find someone who wants to escape, but might not be able to admit that they're wanting to escape because of the social pressure there. And weaknesses, this is uh, more or less equivalent to death. Go to um, longbow and play
3: with the locals for a week. They get bored.
0: Yeah. And then bring the survivors and refugees back to Corptown for processing, recognitioning and citizenship, ideally, although with the grottos, that doesn't necessarily work because grottos get some very weird mental patterns set up. Yeah, So you have
3: to wipe those mental patterns clean before you can build a proper foundation.
0: <laughs> uh, social preservation operatives, stealth operatives in foreign territory. They were not necessarily invited. Their job is to undermine corporations who have been identified as bad They do spend an awful lot of time in TTI territory, so kind of that—that's weird intersection of subterfuge and progenitus. You don't get very often. Uh, If you get caught, you're on your own. We're infiltrating you for your own good. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) We're the medicine that's infecting you. (laughs) Uh, Guidance crews, your choice of meddling busybodies are good deed-doers. They spread the good news of progenitus through actions, doing nice things for nice people. And very large loudspeakers. And very large loudspeakers. They do occasionally spray paint, come to the light on the windows of businesses that are not towing the corporate line very well, but not often. Usually they're the carrot, sometimes they're the stick. I thought they were the ones painting repent on the walls. Yes, (laughs) But, but usually like in in Hershey, no, Hershey. <laughs> Hershey chocolate syrup <laughs> with like ice cream sundaes underneath.
3: That really covers the military side pretty well. There is still a fairly strong scientific side to progenitus. It's worth not completely missing that. There does still exist a type of call it a medical raider or scientist that That is going out and looking at maybe some of the old labs, going to some of the ruins of the research sites and trying to find some of the old technology. (laughs) Dr. Jones. Wait, Dr. Indiana
0: Jones. (laughs) Yeah, like a a medical archaeologist almost. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is fun considering
3: that viruses can, well, an old virus can be as dangerous as a new one. When you're talking about research labs, if it's in ruins, there's probably a reason for it. Yeah,
0: again, I don't think the, the medical side of Progenitus gets as much coverage as it might have used to uh, because they've gone so far into public works. Uh, that's still kind of the main, like their bread and butter, uh, at least from first ed. I don't know about second ed so much, uh, but it just doesn't look as good in the lunchbox, I guess. But they are the medical corporation in
3: Seoul for the most part, and they do it really well. Now, I forget. So if you look at Pulse, Pulse has a very strong be the best you that you can be. And that includes augmentations, that includes bio enhancements and so on. If you look at SR, always got to remember there's no M there. They have a very strong te- technological augmentation side. If you're not half cyborg, you're just not, right. what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, um, you're in the wrong corp. Where does progenitor stand on these? Um, do they have a very strong vector is the blueprint of vectors and you shouldn't be changing all that? Or do they just not care? Uh, it's never been mentioned specifically. I think that they
0: are there to make sure that you live. And so far as the kind of personal enhancement goes, that is the mainstay of ASR and Pulse both. But it's not something that Progenitus
3: necessarily sponsors in a big way. Although if you're missing that kind of leg, racism, speciesism that HSD doesn't have as strong, gain that whole vector genetic purity coming from Progenitus would really amp up their authoritarian fascism type appeal
0: yeah it's definitely not in canon but it would make a i mean it could make a good plot for sure and and there's always spin-offs and local color and things like that found your next subsidiary <laughs> there comes a time in each man's life when
2: he can't even believe his own eyes well after your description i don't think i'd want to see it either
0: So in terms of what's been awesome in the news this week, there's been like 72 different articles about black holes uh, all over the place and Titan and Triton as well. Uh, Lots of fun astronomy stuff. A lot of moons of Jupiter have been getting a lot of coverage lately. Moons of Saturn as well. But an article I found neat, if not super exciting, was a article about a, a group that's researching using structures like human bone in 3D printing, uh, kind of that lacy internal lattice that you get in bone and or... Blood spires. No, 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 no. But the the illustration of the article, which is called something like scientists create bone-inspired structures for... Stronger 3D printing had this nice piece of like blue plastic with a delicate crystalline lattice work. You could definitely see the inspiration of like the bone kind of filaments and nodules and Mm -hmm. things like that inside of it. It was really pretty, just that little tiny plastic flake. And another thing that's been turning up an awful lot in the news lately is uh, the intersection of 3D printing and Mars. So let's see where this goes. It's exciting. And right now in the news. Oh, oh, I know. Is it Mars? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Actually, it's like an art gallery in Sweden, I think. (laughs) Uh, That was a neat little article, though. So this is probably the uh, last Honest Gosh episode we'll have of our standard podcast for the year. Episode 60, I believe, we'll have an interview with Sev. Cool. Sort of a holiday focused, mildly holiday focused thing. And then towards the end of the year, I'd like to have a a kind of special episode for Christmas proper with a lot of unique voices. Um, Are we going to get Martha Stewart? No. she don't have to tell her what the podcast is about. She doesn't she's not a furry. Yeah. No, that's required to play HSD, we, we but we that but just I know it is. Uh she's not much into science fiction. Uh-huh. No. Okay. Also she's probably under house arrest still.
1: Well, then she might Then
3: what else bored. is she going to do? Yeah. You know, I yeah. was going to
0: bake her cookies once and she stood me up, and I'm still upset by no, that. No, and I'm that not I'm not kidding at all. Uh, anyway, so uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to try and make an episode for Christmas. It's going to be a lot of little bits and pieces, kind of a Christmassy magazine thing. Um, I'm hoping to be able to hear from some voices from the past. Will there be mince pies? Um, there will be talk of mince pies. I'm hoping to have 12 little bits, maybe a little bit more. But uh, if you have some interesting idea that sits at the intersection of HSD, soul, winter, holidays, that sort of thing, uh, do drop us a line at radiofreedamos Deimos, at gmail.com. And we'll try and see if we can work with you on this. Uh, I'd like it to be a very special little episode, but for now, stay warm and catch you at line. Good night. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> Intro music is Future Club and outro music is Chronicles, both by Sirius Beat. This podcast is copyright 2017 by Radio Free Demos, and may be used in any not-for-profit project with appropriate credit and notification. Check out our website, radiofreedemos.com, that's D-E-I-M-O-S, for more rambling, resources, links to official and Vandervan content, and our full catalog of episodes. And look for us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play.